Hey, we all have hectic lives, and buying or selling a home can just make things even more of a chaotic mess. If you are moving to the Austin area, what would you need to get comfortable with that decision? Even if you lived in town and you needed to purchase or sell a home, how would you want to be treated? Chris Ott with the Ott Group of Keller Williams Realty has been a longtime friend and was the guy who I worked with to find the perfect property solution for me. I wanted a professional with knowledge of the Austin area to help me with my home search, navigate the paperwork, and negotiate on my behalf. And Chris Ott was the right agent for the job. Chris, his business partner, Teresa Ott Busso, and their team of five agents have helped thousands of people move to and from the Austin area. The Ott family is celebrating over 35 years in business in Austin and plan to provide their real estate services for many more years to come. Their mantra is, your move matters, and that is what they focus on. Just go to their website at theottgroup.com and get connected with the Austin real estate team dedicated to taking care of you. That's T-H-E-O-T-T group.com. You can also call 512-222-6881 or email them at info at theottgroup.com to get connected with them today. Tell them that Stephen with the Parent Portal Show sent you and start working with a professional who is dedicated to your next move. All right, good morning. It's the Parent Portal Show. Welcome. Glad you could join us today. Got uh, Coach James Gumber. Uh, you can reach him at james at parentportalshow.com. Stephen Knoll, you can reach me at Stephen at Parent Portal Show. We've got a full day. Absolutely lots of fun things to be discussing today. It's as always, there's new, exciting challenges with NIL, with uh, the NCAA uh, portal show or portal uh, transfer, transfer portal. I'll get it right. We'll make a show out of it. There's no doubt about that. But just lots of fun things going on, lots of challenges. Uh, Charlie Baker continues to make life interesting. Um, and we're glad that you joined us. Uh, if you like our video, hey, we're looking for subscribers. We've had just amazing growth. We're real excited with all the people that have reached out to us, have become a part of the program, and uh, we're excited uh, for your feedback. Send us uh, comments in the uh, uh, YouTube video, uh, absolutely, or certainly with the uh, podcast that you're listening to on your favorite uh, podcast program. Coach, it's been a great day. It's a beautiful day outside, and guess what? I hear tomorrow is uh, absolutely the Big 12 championship come rain or shine. Well, we're going to be uh, welcome, everyone. And, and tomorrow we will be waiting for that burn orange sunrise. Uh, it is a exciting time to be here in um, in the United States and Texas. And uh, it is uh, it's the time it's the best time of the year, as they say around here. So, right, holidays, uh, lots of football, uh, lots of playoff time in Texas. Uh, it's a great time to be um, around and and have a good uh, multi-view on your TV because there's just so many things to be watching with basketball and, and all the other sports that are going on. Um, Coach, let's jump into, um, maybe we could just talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that uh, you and I have been 
thinking about and discussing this week. You know, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I'll kind of jump into it a little bit, is uh, at, a, an athlete's hygiene. And uh, it is a very interesting transition in our young boys' lives. They have a lot going on with uh, sports. I have a kid right now who is eating, drinking, living uh, sports. It feels like 24-7. Uh, we're transitioning, obviously, out of football, but into the um, the off-season program. And when you do that, there's really a, just a whole new routine. It does impact uh, the class schedules, you know, so we're learning that a little bit as uh, classes are going to get shifted around going into the spring program. But probably just as important is the um, launch of baseball and some of the commitments and, and, you know, when you get into a multi-sport athlete coach, it just really does take on kind of a new, uh, a new element. And part of that is hygiene. And I will tell you, love my boys to death, but you know, um, I've washed my share of dirty socks and I've seen a lot of stinky clothes go into the washer, come out of the dryer and they probably don't smell any better than they did when they started. So it's been quite a challenge uh, sometimes around this household. Yeah, well, I've got one of those athletes that is, you know, trying to play in numerous sports at the same time and comes home with one backpack and leaves with another. And oftentimes the clothes that are in that backpack stay there until the next time they pick it up and walk out the door. It's a, (coughs) those are those times and moments, you know, in a kid's life that, they're going a hundred miles an hour and you know, they, they often forget the details, if you will. And it's, it's as a parent, one of those kind of moments where, you know, you are, you become the, the coach, the teacher and saying, look, you know, uh, this can't continue. And it's, it's, it's a challenge, right? Because you, sure. you feel like if you tell them once they should get it, you tell them twice, well, maybe they didn't hear you the first time. And, when you get to the third and fourth time, you're kind of like, okay, there's a cause and effect to this. If you're going to bring home stinky uniforms and you're going to play in stinky uniforms, if you don't let us know, right? Yeah. Well, and in fairness uh, to my athlete, you know, he operates out of two households. So, um, you know, it is easy sometimes to go over to the other household and, and uh, spend some quality time over there and find out, uh, you know, a parent picks up a backpack that's been sitting around for a week or longer and they open it and, you know, it's not, it's not pleasant. Uh, and those are some of the hygiene. You know, my biggest concern is just making sure that the little routines are put in place to give these kids a chance to succeed, right? And so if they are failing at some of this, then what have I not done to kind of put that infrastructure in place to make sure that, those simple reminders, you know, hey, they got to own it, own it a little bit themselves. But <clears throat> every now and then they need those reminders and just a kind of a check to make sure, hey, you're getting it taken care of. You're making certain that you're doing those daily brushing your teeth. Uh, you know, you'd think that'd be kind of on the checklist, but brushing your teeth and, and making sure that you got the right clothes and the right backpacks going in the right direction as much as you can. It's okay. They don't have to do it perfectly every time, but yeah, to your point, it is, uh, it's a, it's an exercise that we all go through. You know, kids are, and we all are, we crave structure and we're all creatures of habits. It's the important thing is setting those habits 
to be good uh, in the beginning, you know, where they're yeah. learning um, how to do it the right way the first time. And, and, you know, when you're a parent, you're getting pulled in so many different directions that sometimes is the hardest thing to do is to find five minutes to go, you know, teach them one thing. But those five minutes wind up being hours if you don't do it in the beginning, because uh, you find yourself going back and having to relearn and educate, you know, something that you could have done in the beginning. And, you know, just to your point, we're talking about hygiene, you know, smelly clothes and stuff like that. But back in the day when I was coaching, you know, there are so many other hygiene issues that just expand upon what uh, you're talking about is, is that oftentimes, you know, I'm not, in sport, you'll see guys, gals, they'll wear like sleeves or they'll wear like, you know, some type of garment that they continuously use over and over. Sure. And we had a, a couple team members of our teams over the years that were getting nicks and cuts and they were putting on sleeves. Right. Yeah. And lo and behold, they started getting infections in their arms Yeah, and nobody could figure out where it was coming from. And we traced it right back, finally being detectives to, they weren't cleaning the sleeves. They weren't throwing them in, getting them cleaned up, you know, uh, getting them washed, getting them dry on a regular basis. So, you know, it was just a, a feeding ground for, for bacteria to grow and uh, took out two or three athletes over the years because they just didn't practice good hygiene. Yeah, no, I get it. Well, and, you know, a real culprit, a lot of people don't realize this, is uh, chin straps. Um, kids do not spend the time and energy, and they don't always bring that chin strap home to throw it in the wash or, or get it sterilized. And uh, lo and behold, that is a big acne source for a lot of kids. Uh, well, a lot of football players, obviously. And uh, it is uh, it is one of those routines that parents and, and families need to think about. Well, Coach, I was it thinking is. we – go ahead. I'm sorry. We, I was thinking we'd move no, no, over it, to – go ahead. No, you know, just to, to wrap up on what you're saying is hygiene is something that you think, hey, it's – it's something, but it's something that can take you and your kid out of participation, whether it's practice or, or a game. And if your kids are claiming their identity through sport and you take that away from them, you've taken a big chunk out of your kid's life. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, uh, let's switch on over to uh, talking a little bit about uh, AAU and the select youth sport and how it's changed UIL. Uh, recently. Yeah. You know, this is something that, um, a lot of kids and parents will experience, um, in, in this time and age when you and I were back in the day, uh, I love to use that phrase cause I sound like I'm right. older than snow, you know, older than anybody on this earth. But back when we were, you know, in school, there wasn't a lot of AAU and select, you know, it was, you went to school and you played for your school's team and that was it pretty much. And especially in smaller communities, that was, you know, there, that was your, your select team, you know, that was your AAU team. Uh, and so as time has come about, uh, we've seen a lot of changes and 
what happens is, is that it's been my experience is over the, the years you, you've seen these schools go from three, a four, a, uh, I mean, I can't even remember hardly, you know, 25, a schools in 1982, uh, in the state. And now, you know, you're looking at six, a schools that have three, 4,000 kids that are going to them. And what, what happens is, is that a lot of times when the kids hit those schools and hit those middle schools is they have a population of athletes that come out to, to try out, to, to play that are in the hundreds. And, uh, you know, you have a very finite amount of coaches. And what that means is, is that the ability of the athletes to get great individual one-on-one skill set development, um, you know, all the things that they need to, to take the next step. They're not able always to find it from their schools. Hmm. It's not because they don't want to, it's just because there's so much to try and get accomplished that they don't, um, that, that platform isn't there. And so here comes the emergence of AAU and select teams and, uh, a really pay to play, if you will, in, in so many respects, because, you know, parents are, are putting out big, big dollars for their kids to be on these teams or to be noticed or to be taught for whatever reason that they have. That's, you know, that's, that's choice, but they get on these teams and those teams are the ones that are now teaching great skill sets. They're working, they're traveling teams, they're competing at such a high level. I mean, so many of these AAU teams that if you played them against their middle school or high school, they probably beat them. And it is because they are working out, uh, regularly their, um, their numbers aren't, you know, in the hundreds, they're, uh, in the dozens. And so as a result, we're seeing my experiences, you see, you've seen a shift over the past few decades from going to look at saying like, Hey, I go to this school to, Hey, I play on this, I play on this AAU team or this select team. And what it's done is, is it's really changed how some athletes are looking at what they're doing. Maybe not in middle school, but I guarantee you in high school, you have athletes that are now looking at like Academy, like IMG Academy and saying, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to play with great skill set development. I'm going to play very competitive games. And Oh, by the way, I'm going to be able to, um, possibly take the next step in my journey. And that is such a shift from, you know, the, the four star kid that is being, um, looked at and, and being, um, kind of groomed for, you know, his college or her college, uh, debut. And at the end of the day, that still happens, but, you you need only look at some of the the five stars and where they're playing, and you can see it. AAU being the a- uh, amateur athletic union coach, explain that a little bit to our parents. Well, I mean, for for everything that we're looking at when we talk about AAU, you're looking at amateurs, right? We're sure. we're talking about not professional. We're not talking about LeBron James. We're not talking about Dak Prescott. Uh, we're, we're talking about amateur athletics. And so when you have amateur athletics, that is getting very blended 
and I think that might be the easiest <clears throat> word to say, mm-hmm. when we talk about NIL and those kind of monies coming into the high school thing, but mm-hmm. they want to keep it amateur. And sure. But in the same way, those athletics are providing, those amateur athletics are being provided outside of school. And those things, as I said, back in 1980s, they just didn't happen that way. Or if they did, they were only in select places. They weren't in small communities. Now you can go, you know, anywhere in your, probably in your community, in your suburbs, and find a select team or an AAU group that is working to uh, to develop those things that they may not be getting in school. Right. Well, and obviously with Texas legislature looking at um, – the voucher education system and trying to figure out a new way to give parents more freedom in the choices with education. It is continuing to be a little bit of a uh, tumultuous uh, solution or situation where this could, the apple cart could get up right at the high school level for sure. And certainly even in the grade school and, and middle school programs, if the Texas legislature should go through with it. Now, it's been a big push by uh, our governor. It is not a big push as much. Well, it hadn't passed, I think, because the Teachers Association just doesn't like it, and they're not fond of the solution, and there's been some real resistance and resentment for the money that's being put back into those programs, uh, you know, at least being proposed on the floor, because it's, um, uh, you know, I think some of the Texas teachers or I know the Texas teachers have taken um, no increase in salaries when COVID started and they felt like they had paid their time or dues and they expected that the uh, legislature would get back in and kind of correct that uh, situation. But they haven't. And that's not unusual. We have that problem in Texas a lot. Uh, and, uh, but I guess my point being is, um, uh, along with NIL being offered in other states in Texas, trying to catch up on some of those challenges or figure that out. It's interesting times coach. I guess that's where I'm getting off to. No, and it's, I, I get where you're going and it's, it's the have and the have nots right now. We don't have, you know, legislation, that uh, affects that affects high school players in place at the moment. I mean, right. People point, they point at the academies and saying they're not governed by the UIL and there's some value and truth in that. And, but the other part is, is like there needs to be some kind of uniform um, system that, that we're working with and hopefully we'll get it. But in, in the meantime, you know, without going into our, you know how we always say there's no guardrails in NIL and and everything. It, it really is something that if you're a parent and that you're sitting at home and you know your kiddo is getting ready to go into middle school and you're coming into this thinking, hey, my kid's going to learn how to play basketball or going to come in and hey, my kid's going to learn how to play football. Um, I really, as a coach, as a parent, want you to to know that. If you're coming there with that, those expectations, uh, they may not be met. 
And mm. it's not because the desire is not there. It's just because the numbers aren't there to be able to do it. And where, where do you go as a parent? You know, right. because I mean, as a parent, it's like, uh, my kid loves playing sports. Well, let's do whatever we can to help him or her play sports. And oftentimes we find that outside of the school system. And we find that in, in the community and there, when there's a need, somebody steps in, right? That's the American way. And that's where, you know, this select system, this AAU, uh, has come into play. And, you know, there's, we always talk about money being in it. Well, there's, you're paying for your kid to get those skill sets. You're paying sure. for your kid to be able to get great competition. And, but it translates when they go back to their school, for sure. You can a hundred percent see an athlete that plays on select teams when they go back and play on their, you know, middle school or high school team. It's sure. day and night. Yeah. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, um, so let's uh, jump on over, maybe talk a little news today. Uh, our good friend, uh, our good friend, a Nebraska football coach, Matt Rule, uh, seems to be getting all hot and bothered about the fact that he can't pay, he doesn't have enough money to buy himself a good quarterback. Well, Matt's been around a little bit. You know, he's had a, he had a really good run at Baylor. And yeah. then went over to, uh, I believe it was Carolina. Yep, and South Carolina. Carolina, right. the, revol the revolving door that is Carolina coaching right now. <laughs> um, he didn't didn't hit there, and so now he's found himself in Nebraska, which is, you know, a blue blood in, in college football. And he got in there at, and probably found out that they've got a lot of support. You know, NIL monies are there, but – I would bet that in the two years that he was away from college sport, he had to have come into this going, you got to be kidding me how yeah. much it's changed since he was at Baylor. And, yeah. you know, he came in probably with like, we're, we're Nebraska. We're going to be able to get whoever we want, whenever we want. And that's not the case. Yeah. That is, that is not the case anymore. And, you know, he, he suddenly found out that, you know, when he's going uh, and trying to get a five-star quarterback, yeah, it, it costs to be the boss. Yeah. Well, and uh, and let me correct something. I said South Carolina meant Carolina Panthers, and being up in the in the pros for a little bit, uh, certainly the owner of that team has kind of shown that that situation has been kind of iffy. But um, and, and Nebraska is not a bad school coach, and certainly they've had a dynasty a little bit. But they don't have the type of deep, deep pockets. You know, we're talking kind of that power five uh, programs when you start talking Texas and, and Oklahoma. And, and, you know, we can go on with the list, Alabama, pretty quickly, Georgia. Um, but and because of that, Rule has just come out and said, you know, he's he's called it on the carpet. You know, he said, hey, you just understand. Yeah, we're not winning, but. We're not winning, and part of the reason is I can't go purchase a a, a quarterback. And you know, and I'm sure everyone in the in the uh, media went. Oh, he said it out loud, <laughs> and and then he went on to say, "I don't have 1.5 to two million right now." Or it, 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 oh, and by the way, some of them are spending six to seven million. Uh, Texas, uh, 
and uh, which is interesting because Texas did it before NIL came along. You know, we used to have three deep on quarterbacks pretty easily. We have three deep right now uh, very easily. And uh, Texas, is that's not going to change for Texas. We, we absolutely know that that's going to continue. But Rule did call it out and said, uh, you know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm an old school way of guy, uh, uh, guy of building teams. And uh, I don't know how far that's going to get him, Coach. <laughs> you know, probably one of the, the happiest people in, in college football to hear him say that was probably Coach Stoops in Kentucky. Because if you right. remember, he yeah. he went out on that same, <clears throat> you know, platform and saying, you know, we need more money, kids. We've yeah. got to have more money to be able to compete with, you know, the big men. And it's it's truth. And, I mean, now you're starting to hear a cascade. It's not just Stoops and, you know, kind of Saban saying it under his breath. It is, it is you know, new one-year coaches that are coming into this and recognizing, hey, if you are expecting us to win, this is what it takes to win now. Yeah. It's not like the old days. And uh, I think for, I think for coaches, they see it. I think for fans who turn on a television, they don't understand it as well. And, yeah. you know, they just want results. And oftentimes, you know, it's those two don't always go together. And it's a, it's a challenge if you're a, uh, if you're a fan to go, well, why is it my team that's been on top, you know, all of a sudden not, and it may not have nothing to do with, Hey, we got a, we got a good coach. We got some good players, but we don't have great players. We don't have, you know, 20 people coming in out of the portal that have been playing for five years that we can offer a bag of money to. And guess what? Other schools do and other schools are doing it. You've seen prices rise from the dinner table to the pump, but all state agents are seeing ways to save you money on insurance. From starting a new policy to bundling coverage or even driving safely, all state agents know how to maximize your savings. They'll share their knowledge as they help you personalize your coverage. Because when it comes to seeing all the ways to save, all state agents do it best. Mike Hammer has over 35 years as an Austin area all state agent. Call 512 343 6994 or visit MikeHammer at Allstate.com. Savings vary. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. This is the Parent Portal Show. 